0: Who's that? no! no, Who's no! oh! no! that? Oh! Who's oh! oh!
1: Jedi
0: Mon! Yes. No. What? You're gravely mistaken. I know. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. We might just take a few of them with us.
1: And now... Together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. I don't know. Fly casual. Hello and welcome to Return of the Jedi Month. This is the first show in our whole month of Two True Freaks Return of the Jedi programming. I am Chris Honeywell and I am here with my Return of the Jedi freak fan co-podcaster Scott Gardner. Hello. Hello. And uh there's going to be a lot of guests this month, but to start it all off Scott and I are going to go at it alone. Leave us
2: alone. Leave us alone. Go away.
1: Get off of my lawn. <laughs> and today our lawn will be return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes, that's as right. As Scott and I become those two annoying fucking people who sit ahead of you in the movie and talk all the way through it. <laughs> To know know-it-alls who have to have to spout off about how much they know about the movie all the way through it can't
2: you assholes shut up and enjoy the movie
1: no no so yeah we yeah not at all and now we just add another movie to our rosters of movies that since apparently (laughs) I just found out one of our one of our listeners is actually going through his two true freaks archives for the second time god damn that dude needs a lot I mean uh, thanks we appreciate that well you know <laughs> you know I I, I, I I, just gotta say you know do it if, if you start listening to these things multiple times you know we could ruin this movie for you forever <laughs> Let your ki- wait till your kids are old enough to where it's not gonna like be their early impression of of return of the Jedi please could you do that <laughs> actually I don't care do whatever you want with your kids they're your slaves make them listen to two true freaks so that by the time they're your age we'll be like 85 years old and just like so i tried to read that star wars comic but (laughs) i couldn't really there was not enough light it was full daylight grandpa shut up all right
2: Ooh, I'm feeling gassy. We need to start the movie so I can blame those noises on the Muppet creatures. <laughs>
1: on the, on the, all, yeah, on all the, well, you know, this is not a, this is not a prequel one, so there are actually no farts in this. Well, there is in my edition. <laughs> or there's <fixed laughs> going to be anyway. The Tutu Freak special edition of <laughs> Return of the Jedi and and just so you guys know we are watching the non special edition so if you watch your special edition along with this you are screwed because yeah. by the time Jedi rocks comes on you won't know what the hell we're talking about <laughs> cuz it won't it won't line up at all no we are watching the original release of return of the jedi now Scott and I have painstakingly checked we have two different he has he has one version i have the the limited edition that they put out, where the the bonus disc is the original version, but we checked our checked out our versions and they all are, run the same time and mm-hmm. have the same things at the same time, so we should be all lined up for for this. So, remember watch your original Return of the Jedi's for this. Mm-hmm. You, heathens. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, without further ado, we will start this with our traditional countdown. And, and on the word go, Scott and I, what we have done is started playing the movie and then paused it and dragged the little slider thing all the way over to zero, zero, to the time where nothing's happening. And we have our players pause, so we'll do a three countdown. And on go, you hit your pause button and you watch Return of the Jedi. Are you, are you ready yeah i am ready <laughs> wow <laughs> okay that, that was, was scary heavy. that was heavy man all right three two, two one, one go go
2: yes i'm getting yeah 20th century that means, bowl. Your,
1: that means your star wars is working actually it's Right there, when Lucasfilm you see that, you know limited. your Star Wars is is in is in play. I'm excited about this. This is actually my Last second week, viewing of Jedi. Of block. <laughs> this is that's like battling Outer Space space, <laughs> right. or something. I would. In an actual, you know, prescient move, we used to call our narrator the stupid mouthy narrator. <laughs> we need to do our own
2: special editions for these movies because I-, I just realized that, you know, just when I think that they shouldn't be fiddled with or there's really not a way to make them more awesome.
1: If it actually opened with a voice that went, right! I think I'd actually like that a lot. It could. It could. We could do that easily. It wouldn't take any CG or anything like that. Episode Vi, Return of the Jedi. I don't understand
2: by Viagra.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys don't even bother reading this stuff. It doesn't make any sense anyway. <laughs> it's just gibber jabber. Although this, the, I'm sure. But you know, as everybody knows, I was spoiled on all this. But still, this was, this was the point in the in the crawl. You know, where you'd read the crawl and go, "What? Another Death Star? Oh, God, Lord." <laughs> Now really? I think we need to we need to start this off with uh, with our
2: origin stories for oh. you know, I've got a, I've got a pretty
1: good one for this one
2: that I'm hoping I haven't already given at some point in our in our past I really can't remember if I have or not
1: Well do you want to go first? Mine's mine's fairly short. Yours is more has more embellishments and and I, such on it.
2: I don't care one way or the other
1: because. Yeah, i i I basically went to see an opening night in Watertown, New York, as you know mm-hmm. and and I went in fully spoiled. <laughs> I actually went into the premiere of jedi fully spoiled now why did we didn't... not see this together? Do you know I don't remember what happened. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember under what circumstances exactly that I saw it i'm 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 imagining by the time jedi happened that my family was fully into star wars by that time because like i think empire sort of solidified it and when jedi came out like everybody in my family well i don't know about my sister as much but my both of my parents were pumped to see jedi so and they knew you know by that time they knew i was pumped to see jedi so opening night was i'm just sort of putting this together i'm not exactly sure it definitely wasn't in like A big group of people or a group of friends or anything like that. It was probably a family, you know, a family thing to the movies where I begged and pleaded. Probably, we'd probably tried to arrange to see this movie together by this time. But there was probably some something holding us back, you know. Some unknown evil. I love it that evil music came up just when I was talking about what was holding us back from seeing Jedi together. (laughs) So I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't remember that much. I just remember I went into it spoiled, and I remember the audience reaction Moff was didgerod. awesome. People were, like, you know, giving up, giving standing ovations and flipping out, you know. it was It was truly – there were a lot of movies in those days where people would, like – where the crowd would act like they were at a live event or something. Right. And this was definitely what people were – and I remember when I saw it opening night, nobody else there knew what was going on, so people were going nuts when when the shit hits the fan. And there was, I got to tell you, there was no reaction. I, I don't remember anybody going, those Ewoks were stupid, you know, or, oh, come on, what, you know. It wasn't until a few years later when you got older. But anyway, that was my origin story. I'll just keep tangenting if I keep talking about it. But, uh,
2: would I be mistaken that uh, that Moff Gerard Jir- the actor that played Moff Gergeride Jir- died not long ago? Am I crazy thinking that? I, I swear that I heard something about that actor but I can't remember if that's what I heard about him or not.
1: I don't know if that would qualify you for being insane if you thought he was dead or not because it's hard to keep track especially of like the actor who played Moff Gergerard. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Moff Gergerard is a is a good joke in a viral uh, YouTube video. That's about the length of his, uh, you know, career as a (laughs) Star Wars character. Although I'm sure there's somewhere somebody has has or is working on the backstory of Moff (laughs) Gergerard. I love this. I love this shot as a callback to Star Wars, you know. I like the shot and everything, but I have to be honest that I always thought that after the initial opener
2: with the Star Destroyers and Vader arriving at the new Death Star and all that, I always thought that this was the weakest opening for a Star Wars movie was just R2 and 3PO walking to Jabba's palace. I just to this day I still think it's it's pretty weak compared to the others that, you know, open pretty bombastically for the most part.
1: I I I, I, I gotta say I love this this whole sequence because it it sort of, it defies your expectations a little and starts out with just a a quiet little humorous scene here with you know the the um Wizard of Oz scene here, you know. Right. At the at the at the gates of Even Oz. I can't see the wizard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh and it's this it's this slow, you know, just like deliberate reveal of of all the characters and the and the plot unfolding you know and and alternately making you think as if the plot is going perfectly or going completely out of control, you never know until the very end you actually you never really know whether they did exactly what they meant to do, or I always thought that uh that spider robot looked a little puppety, yeah. You see, these are the, the these are one of the things I didn't like about Return of the Jedi, where the Gamorrean guards were too rubbery, and yeah, you know, they were two guy two guy in suits. You know, they they got their arms sort of out. You know, their faces are very set. He's they great, though. Wonder. He's a <laughs> I'm waiting for the Star Wars porn movie to come out because he's got to make an appearance in it. Oh shoot, <laughs> I just missed it. That was the part where Archie goes, What the fuck? <laughs> I love that part. Yeah, don't worry, we still got Eat Your Mama coming up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they wanna wonga.
2: So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here stuffing my face because I just got out of work, and I am starving to death. But anyway...
1: You're supposed to be telling your origin story My there, origin story Superman. for
2: Return of the Jedi is actually an interesting one. So I went to see Return of the Jedi opening night. I don't know if I was late getting there or what the story was. I remember I had to go by myself. for For whatever reason, I went by myself. I remember I'm pretty sure I was like dropped off. I don't know why nobody else went with me. You know, I don't know why like Randy didn't go or my dad or my sisters. For whatever reason, I went alone to Return of the Jedi and they were freaking sold out. It was opening night and I was like, no way. I'm the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. You're not going to tell me I'm not going to get in to the last Star Wars movie. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to find a way to get in there. So I bought a ticket. To Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D. And I went into that movie and I waited until I figured there was enough time had passed. And then I left, I went, used the bathroom real quick, and I walked into Jedi, which had not actually started. Yet. I think the trailers were running, but the movie itself had actually not started yet. And I had to stand through the entire goddamn movie, but at least I got to see it. And at one point, I actually maybe got... we
1: maybe we did maybe we maybe that was maybe like I showed up at there there with my family and you got dropped off because I mean there's only one they were only playing it at one theater you know right. in in Watertown so you I must have been sitting in there somewhere and you were standing in the back. I remember uh, at one point, you know, there was that
2: wall all the way in the back. It was like one of those like half a walls, type half a walls, yeah. And I ended up at one point I climbed up on top of that and sat there thinking the entire time that somebody was going to come and make me get down which they never did. But at, for at least half the movie I stood through the movie till I finally just couldn't take it anymore and I had to invent a seat basically. But yeah, that was my <laughs> that was my first time. What's funny too is that I would eventually end up seeing Space Hunter 3D. At the theater, so I paid for Ew. two tickets to that piece of shit.
0: Because
2: <laughs> I did eventually watch it. I think I went with
1: it was either you or Randy, but I remember going. Might to have it. been me and Randy. Yeah, I because I remember seeing that, that, that movie was horrible terrible. piece of shit too. Yeah. Well, it was no no Ice Hunter adventures in the Forbidden Zone. No,
2: that was the movie Space Hunter.
1: Space adventures. What's, in, what, uh, you're well, i think ice pirates. Yeah, it was no ice pirates. Ice pirates was hilarious, man. I like that movie. So
2: anyway, let's see. Return of the Jai. Yeah. See, this entire thing right here for me is—I—I I, I almost always skip past this. I have to be honest. I've just never been a big fan of the whole Jabba's palace. It's too—it's too Muppet show for me. You know what I mean? it's a little too silly, it's
1: a little too cartoony. Well, you mean like that, that tentacle coming out of the side and grabbing 3PO yeah.
0: and,
1: and and, yeah, and it's weird because sometimes, and here we go, a little bit of robot pain. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is, welcome to Muppet Laboratories. <laughs> I'm Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. But as I, if well, I, as if tearing the arms off a, a droid is torture, you know. Right. Maybe they so, programmed the him for, and, you
2: know. I've pick been on. I've been programmed for eight thousand different kinds of pain. Well, you know, I mean, we saw three PO's arm get snapped off in the very first movie, and it wasn't like he I, was yeah. sitting there screaming, "My
0: goddamn arm!"
2: You know, I mean, it was just okay. Well, you know, we'll get the wrench out and we'll fix. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you know, maybe three PO is a lot more heavy duty than we ever gave him credit for. You know, he lost an arm and didn't didn't cry. You know, I don't I don't know. <laughs> but this this whole thing just seemed kind of I don't know. It still seems kind of silly to me. Although it is, I will say I do like some of the droids. I always liked uh, whatever his name is here. Ed was it Ed ninety nine something like that. Ed I mean ninety nine. Yeah, there you go. I do like some of the creatures. I like the Max
1: Rebo ban. Who doesn't like the Max Rebo Band? It's si Noodles. Yes.
2: I like the, uh, I forget how you pronounce their name. I'm a I'm mom, Imer or whatever his name is. The big, like, salamander dude. I always thought he was cool. Well, we're going to get booby here in a minute.
1: Side boob coming up. Boba Fett.
0: Yeah, it was,
1: <laughs> this is this is a point in time where I'm really glad we're not watching the special edition. I like Jedi Rocks. I'm sorry. I don't. I that that is too muppety for me. You know, I don't need to see the guy's tonsil. <laughs> yeah, Jabba. Yeah. yeah, she looks. How appealing can a human woman look to Jabba the Hut? There you go. There it was. did You see it. Now what... I see it every time. Now, what I wonder about... Now, you're not watching, since we don't have the same one, I got my subtitles on. It's really funny, because sometimes the subtitles will say what he's saying in English what he, while he's speaking Hatties. Sometimes they'll say it in Hatties. The last one just said, Speaking Hatties." <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird. It's just arbitrary, almost. And really funny is is this scene with him eating the frog... Is just kind of a nice little, you know, in episode one where he flicks the sort of hoppy creature off the the end of. I think that was something a beat that Lucas was trying to replicate. Right. Oh, dude, how did you get knocked out wearing a space hard hat helmet? Your toe, your
2: toe. I've always felt kind of stupid. Uh, once... oh, Chewbacca's first line. <laughs>
0: <Arr>. <laughs>
2: I always felt kind of stupid later on about the whole thing with Leia and Boosh and everything because I never, I never realized it was her, but then it was pointed out to me later. I think it was by my cousin Michelle that she walks like a girl, especially in the part where she sneaks in later on to free Han from the carbonite and all that. And once you realize that and you're looking for it, it's like, oh of course. You know, it's obvious, but up to that point it was like I had no idea. But we were kids. I wasn't real familiar with the way females moved back then either,
1: I have to be honest. I'd been spoiled. That that greedo needs to get his nails clipped.
2: There's a lot more people standing around in the backgrounds than I remembered there to be.
1: Yeah. It's the big chance for all the Lucasfilm employees to get their their (laughs) screen time, you know? You can always tell by the haircuts. The haircuts get better and better the more the stars are paid. We'll notice that later when you see, like, random, like, rebels next to... Han Solo and and Luke Skywalker and it's like, hey, you know, Han and Luke just had their hair done and this guy is like, has the all natural look, you know what <laughs> I mean? And I do you take it. the, the greasy kid stuff going on. Duke Chalk.
2: I wish Bau had said, Enoch Chalk and gotten like huge. Like, yes. Uh, like Apache
0: Chief.
1: <laughs> you know, it is sort of weird how the Muppets and and, and uh, Star Wars sort of got. I guess it was Yoda that married them together. They couldn't oh, just stop with Yoda. God damn, this thing's itchy. <laughs> oh, this time Chewie said Grr. Now he said "rur." Grrr! These aren't as fun as the comics. There's no hronks. <laughs> I'd be writing like gargaloo. <laughs> people, yeah, people hate this shit.
2: What's that with the burping thing?
1: Yeah. But once again, very muppety. But you know, at this point, it was sort of the language that it had developed around. Star Wars because Star Wars had a little bit of the outside of the movies language you know right. right and and that was usually very Muppety too so this was somewhere in between that you know and I like how okay she walks all the way across there and right into the wind chime the only thing that you know she could have just like gone down the stairs on the other side I'll walk into the wind chime first like a girl Although this was some awesome shit, because we were waiting to see this. We're waiting to see how this was going to...
2: Hey, there really is a Tauntaun head on the wall. Shh! Wyatt!
1: Jesus.
0: I
2: always thought it was kind of silly that everybody's all like passed out and everything around there. You know, I think it should either be there's a couple of guards on duty that she has to take out or there's nobody. But the thing with like everybody's like passed out asleep, it's the middle of the night. It's, it's kind of silly.
1: Yeah. It's just like, hey, let's just, let's go work for Job of the Hut. Yeah. We, you never really get a day off. You just sort of work and <laughs> hang around and sleep and, you know, before you go to sleep, there's some dancing girls that he feeds to the rain you know, just for shits and giggles. But it's pretty much you never leave the office.
2: Now, did this part right here with the with the carbonite just kind of dissolving away? Did that ever bug you? Because it always drove me a little
1: bit I thought they cheaped crit- out. Yeah, I didn't think it would be a sort of dissolve special effect, you know, where where Harris, you know, and 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 it really it really is weird. Did, did they? Doctor that up for the special editions at all? I wonder if they, no. they see because it's like some of those Star Trek effects, you know. That it's it's just sort of like you know they they filmed the thing glowing with light, but then they just superimposed his face over it, you know. So it didn't. I I would have expected it to sort of like you, maybe turn turn a different color and chip off or something like that instead of just sort of.
2: I always thought he looked a lot like Claude Aikens in this part. With his hair slicked all back wet like that and everything, doesn't he? He looks like a younger, thinner Claude yeah. Aikens to me.
1: Yeah, or a little beefier Han Solo. He's put on a little... ...little bit of chub. Boy, Haha, ha! Ha Not only do we work here all night, we pretend to be asleep for hours just because we know you're coming. All these different
2: creatures, some of which breathe different atmospheres and everything else, they're all just hiding behind these two flimsy ass curtains. Nobody farts, <laughs> nobody sneezes or you know, anything, nobody makes
1: a sound until it's time to pull back the curtain. <laughs> what 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 can I say? They're a tight unit here at Jabba's Palace. There's a real Hey wasn't Richard that guy Pryor in right Earth there. Wind and Fire? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he was.
0: (laughs) We have powerful friends. You're going to regret this.
2: In the meantime, mm, baby.
1: (laughs) This would be like us. Kill it it with a a stick! This would be like us capturing a giant slug. Go ahead. Doll that slug up.
2: (laughs) I think this movie would improve dramatic or this part of the movie would improve dramatically for me if she'd actually had killed him with a salt shaker.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been great.
2: I have to admit it's kinda hard for me to go back to practical creatures and like, you know, the the latex rubber and all that stuff after having had the, the CGI stuff. The only thing I, I find it easy to go back to is is Yoda because I still think practical Yoda is a hell of a lot better than CGI Yoda, but practical Java doesn't work for me as well as CGI Java.
1: Oh, there's another good
2: R from Chewbacca. <laughs> Avon calling.
1: We got to admit, this is a pretty... I I remember when this movie came out, this part, you were just like, oh, yes, you know. When Luke's, you know... How long are we into the movie now? 22 minutes into the movie, and he's been on it as a hologram, but here it's like... Hello, I'd
2: like to talk to you for a moment about the Force. I love I love that scene. I know you like Salacious Crumb, but I do not. I never I, see now everybody's just standing around sleeping. And it's like, come on here. He's supposed to be like the intergalactic, you know, godfather, and this is what goes on during the day. Everybody just is hanging around sleeping. Yeah.
1: It's like an opium den or something.
0: They wanna wonga.
1: <sighs> I am not an animal. <laughs>
2: I bet you mound gets that all the time. He's pretty, yeah, yeah, very funny, asshole." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree with you about the Gamorian guards. I think their look is very cool, but they just don't move quite.
1: They move quite like, quite like people in, they move like people in puppet suits. They do the exaggerated Right. Like say if you were at Disney, where you're in real life and you might be 50 feet away or or 100, 200 feet away, so they do or or they're up on a stage, you know, so they do exaggerated motions to communicate stuff. But it's a movie; they don't have to do that, you know. They need more Ooh, subtlety. There's some nice right?
2: lab boob right there.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay.
2: Is she wearing anything underneath the
1: lower part of that, or is it just the drape cloth? I'm sure they've got some sort of, you know. No,
2: no, no! You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say she's not wearing a damn thing.
1: I read that in her biography, her autobiography. She wasn't wearing anything. Awesome. But that was because she had a yeast infection and oh! needed to air it out. Oh, gross! So there you go. <laughs> I gave you what you wanted, but made then it you horrible. Took it away. Yeah, that's what I do. And I like Cthulhu guy in the background there, squid, squid head. Broccoli head, yeah, basically.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what this was the F- hell was that guy?
2: He looked like one of the Vikings from Monty Python. Is yes, and then, <laughs> oh, there's there's a cyborg. Oh, Cy- I love it. Ho ho ho! He said, <laughs> "Mummy cyborg Boba." Uh, yeah, Boba Fett. Johnny Cash there. Dengar, did you see him? There he is,
1: right there. See him? Yeah, yeah. Embossed? Just sort of... Oh, shit. Yeah, you see, I think the thing about it is, like, the guts on the Gamorian guards don't look like they weigh anything. You know, they look like foam rubber. They should have filled them with sacks of water or something, you know? See, th- whereas was... Whereas this came out really good as a practical effect rather than, you know, Wah! a, um... A, uh, you know, they were going to do, uh... Wasn't this they were going to do it as a stop frame animation? Uh Uh-huh. And it just didn't work, so they ended up... It's a hand puppet, basically. I think it worked out really good. That scene's a little bit... The green screen work sometimes in this movie is not up to snuff. It's weird. I don't know if it was just because they had so much of it, and I love that last... The last like little bite of it he takes and you can tell he's just like pulling it down his throat with his with his tongue muscles. It's a very nice nice touch. See right here right here it's got a little of that Ray Harry hi- housing green screen right optical printing the optical printing in this movie is is not quite as clean as it was in the other in especially in Empire. Right there, that was very optically printed looking. You know, the the creature's a little more faded out and stuff. Not to nitpick, because this is still an awesome scene. Bloodthirsty Jawas. I like this
2: guy, and I always liked the Dark Overlord from Howard the Duck. I always thought they were, like, cousins, you know? (laughs) They, They look a lot alike. But I like the Rancor.
1: Yeah, he, he looks like a, a real resident of tattooing, you know? Right. He looks like something that would live underground, uh, kind of like a scorpion mixed with, you know, a lizard and, you know, maybe even a tick or something, you know, or some little insect that, like, burrows in. Girl says the Rancor on my subtitles. <laughs> It just always bugged me that
2: later on in the in the EU and like video games and stuff, it seemed like Rancors were a dime a dozen where I, I maybe I got the idea from the novelization, I'm not sure, but I always got the feeling that that they were rare, you know, that up to
1: this point Luke had almost believed them to be almost like a like a child's fairy tale kind of thing. Yeah, you know? and it was something that Jabba had acquired in one of his deals and like kept it in, you know. Yeah. And this was an awesome touch. This is a totally great Star Wars touch. Just you know the the ranker owner. Hey, and there's Joe Camel. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that uh, this one takes it too far. All you yeah. needed that. All you needed was that first. Yeah, scene exactly. Where- I agree with that. There's E-Font, man!
2: Now that... that... clown-looking 3PO thing is up and walking around, whereas he was all in pieces a little while ago.
1: really. No harm done. What is that thing on the wall behind, uh, 3PO there? It almost looks like it might be a... There's a lot of stuff in the, the that's, like, really, like, dark in this, you know? Like, they even printed it a little dark, so everything's sort of lit in the center. And it might just be, like, somebody's tail or something. <laughs> Joe Camel. <laughs> Joe Camel's got, like, snot dripping out of his nose. Ew, it's a penosaurus. We should do a commentary on that movie someday.
2: What's that, Penusaurus?
1: Flesh Gordon. <laughs> A classic. We'll do the original Flash Gordon, then the then the eighties uh, remake, and then Flesh Gordon. A whole trilogy of fun.
2: Where's the herd of oh. I
1: like
2: the music in this part.
1: Is that an Ugna? Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> why? Why only use that makeup once? See, now I thought this this part was just uh, the, you know, like um, uh, in the movie theater, you knew things were gonna start heating up here. You were just like, you know, here's where, here's where the uh, rubber meets the road. Still, again, you can like, uh, if you look around Chewbacca's fur, you can actually see green. Right of the green screen you can see a little green fuzzy glow and they'd, they'd usually been really good about not maybe it was because by Jedi maybe they were doing so many layers of stuff you know that they were really pushing it say Jim Woo It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad outfit Uh, circle around the vagina creature. Yep.
2: That's some serious vagina dentata right there,
1: man. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I'm not even touching that. That guy next to Lucas got some serious psoriasis, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why so psoriasis?
2: I wonder why they cut the scene of Han actually facing in the wrong direction. Because that's why the line is so stinted right there that he delivers, because he's actually facing the wrong direction when he starts to deliver that line, and Chewie turns him around. And they cut it, and I don't know why, because
1: that actually would have been really funny. I don't know why. They left a lot of really dumb jokes up until this point. This is very true.
2: Now, this is something I never, as ever thought as this about. As soon as music starts, it's yeah.
1: so awesome.
2: I never thought about this as a kid, but it was pointed out to me in, I think, something I read recently or something, that if you think too much about this whole setup and the their whole plan going in here, there's a lot of this that relies completely on coincidence rather than, than actual planning. Like, how the hell did Luke know that Jabba would even bring R2 along with him, let alone that R2 would have the opportunity to go up on deck and shoot him his lightsaber. Why didn't Luke just take his lightsaber in with him? I mean, he used the force to get his way into the place to begin with anyway. It's not like anybody did a weapons
1: check on him or something. So why the hell didn't he just take it with him from the get-go? I guess the reasoning is this is the way that they maneuvered everybody into one place so that they could all get out of there, but it's, yeah, yeah, why did they just, yeah. I mean, and, uh, I don't, and where are the rest of the bounty hunters, too? It's only Boba Fett. They, They were all hanging around earlier. I guess maybe, maybe that's why this, maybe they knew the other bounty hunters were getting ready to go home. This whole sequence makes Boba Fett look like a chump. Yeah, it does. But sometimes in real, you know. But this isn't a reality. This, these aren't movies based on reality. Sometimes in reality, some, you know, Boba Fett just has his worst day ever. You know, where he's just not up to snuff and pays the price. At least they didn't give him a Wilhelm scream on the way out. It's still a pretty wussy scream for a guy that you it know is.
2: previously was like. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. I don't imagine a guy with that Aye. ice going,
1: as he dies, you know? Now, usually, Jabba pays for this kind of thing. <laughs> it's called autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Grab it. It's a cattle prod, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Do you know what Carbonite's like? Oh, speaking. <clears throat> yeah,
2: that's something I'm really glad you brought up because that was something I had planned to get into in this. That is one of the things that has always driven me nuts in this movie is that there was absolutely no callback to the fact that Lando had betrayed Han to the because, Empire in the previous movie. It's it's like all this because when Chewie was stopped. going
1: when Chewie was going,
2: rah, 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 rah.
1: Lando, you know, but we needed that Luke. We he can't even take that, you know. Yeah, you just sort of take it for granted that the, they had enough time to sit Ow. in the cell that, that, that Chewie brought him up to speed with the plan. Now, what is that skiff? What
2: What's holding it up at this point? I've never quite understood that, because it doesn't look like it's actually resting in the sand, but at the same rate, it's like listing.
1: So, is it crashed what? or is it hovering at an angle? It's probably hovering in, like, one side of the repulsor beams or whatever that hold it up, you know, whatever pseudoscientific things holds it up is damaged, so one side of it's not held up evenly, you know? The stern repulsors are... have given out. You know, people make a big old deal
2: about R2. Now it's actually upright. Did you see that? People make a big deal about R two having those uh, jets that he flies all over the place with in the prequel movies, but you know that zapper thing that he uses in this one several times. I mean, that was a new invention in this movie, and I don't remember anybody really getting all up in arms about it.
1: Right. That right. kind of could have come in handy at you know points in the in the prior two movies. I never thought of it as a zapper as much as maybe like his little welder that he has yeah. to fix things or something like that. Luke is just like, ah, yes, I'm a man and a Jedi, and I have a woman in a bikini with me. Archer <laughs> just said beep, whistle, whistle for you guys who want to <laughs> actually know from the subtitles. That looked pretty damn good on the big screen mm-hmm. right there. And now thirty six minutes in we get to go into the into the actual storyline. That's a beautiful shot. I like that. I love the way tattooing looks. So what happened to everybody that we had seen
2: there? All the all those creatures and stuff on the th- Did they all die? Yep. Seems they a little sure harsh. Did. That's
1: what, Well, that's what you get for hanging out with the the wrong types. I always wish that I could read that. Because if I'm not mistaken, in the
2: EU, isn't it Dengar that finds Boba Fett? So somehow Dengar escaped out of there
1: before it blew up. Or he wasn't there in the first place. This is true. That's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying, why didn't he jump in, you know? Right. Then again, maybe nobody was paying him by that time, so but what the hell? Maybe as soon as things started to go south, Dengar was just like, Alright, I'm out of here. See you guys later. Grabbed a couple, like, space grapes for the road and... <laughs> and
0: I like this. boogie
1: down out. Well, this is when you get the first look at the Imperial Guards, who are pretty fucking badass. And here's where you get, really get to see Palpatine for the first time, mm-hmm. other than a hologram.
2: Now, I always wanted to know the story with these dudes that are just kind of hanging around in the background with the Emperor. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, one technician like guy's got a big old belly on him. I just noticed that.
1: Yeah, you don't see many fat Imperials, really, do you? <laughs> right. Maybe in the comics you do. I love this. He just does all his acting with his lips. So just poking his lips and his nose are the only thing that pokes out. It's awesome. All those stormtroopers are like, Jesus Christ, it's hot in here. I wonder how old he actually was in this movie. That's the funny thing is he's so much, he he had to actually go backwards in time. Right. And, and, uh, I mean, really, besides Frank Oz, who else got to repeat their role, you know, in the flesh? Right. Uh, Actually, not even Frank Oz, come to think of it. I think that X-wing's a painting. Could be.
2: Oh, I do not, not, not like this part.
1: Oh, this it seems is like the... I'm spending
2: too much time tearing the thing down. It's not like I don't like. I do like this movie a whole. You're just, just waiting lot. to get to the
1: part. Yeah, you're waiting to get to the good parts.
2: I mean, seriously, for probably for the last, I don't know how many years. Whenever I dig this out and watch it, I literally start at like the rebel briefing part because I just don't like so much of this opener. I don't like the Jabba stuff. And this thing with Yoda, I never quite understood why spend so much of this time just to have him go back to show Yoda die. It seems like there would be a different way to get around everything that we're given in this part.
1: You know what I mean? Well they I I think they wanted to I want they wanted well Yoda A was an intensely popular character from from Empire. Right. You know, and they were sort of basing it on well if we can sell Yoda, we'll sell Empire. And I mean, you know, uh, the Yoda merchandising and stuff, Yoda had to Yoda had to come back and uh, at some point so I guess they figured Combining his death scene with exposition would be a good way of, you know. But it ends up being awkward. I mean this was one of this was one of the most long and drawn out gags that we did on our battle in Outer Space yep. Wars was was our Yoda character dying and revealing more and more information to Luke till finally like Luke's just like you know luke what (laughs) you know jesus
2: this part always creeped me out and never really worked for me too because it has the yoda puppet has problems in this part with the eyes there's several parts where the eyes don't go all the way closed properly so, you got one eye that's more open than the other. You've got a point where the eyes are actually looking in, in slightly different. Uh, it's almost like cross eyed. And the Jabba puppet was having that same sort of problem earlier in the movie where one eyelid would be open more than the other. It just, little things like that take me out of it. You know what I mean? To where I'm looking at it more from a technical angle of this puppet isn't working right rather than this is a real flesh. Well, and- he's flesh and blood creature
1: is, you know he is circling the drain right now so maybe his eyes are going a little <laughs> goofy you know we could write it off to that but this was another you know this was another get where he's just like hey you know i just don't see yoda like what him going is he my father and yoda going oh oh i'm tired gotta go to bed blah 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 All you right. know See, on right his deathbed, on listen, his death Look at bed. his eyes right there. Those it's just
2: not working. His
1: eyes are aiming in different directions. Well it reminds me of the old uh the old guy at the um secret store in Gremlins, you know, who with the one squinky eye. He's he's What squinky. He's he's about ready to go to the big space Jedi Academy in the sky and and <laughs> And and you're making fun of him because one of his eyes isn't working properly. You know, his heart stops is about to stop beating. And you wonder why his eyes aren't working properly.
2: Also, I think he died of an intestinal blockage.
1: Oh yeah, you saw that shit he was eating. He keeps going
2: And Luke
0: you could have saved
2: live. his life he could have lived another nine hundred years if he'd had just had like an x lax or something yeah
0: fiber <laughs>
1: <laughs> remember in ours he was like the last of the jedi you will be what do you mean I'll be the last jedi or will I be what are you trying to say? <laughs>
2: I've come to get really 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 tired of the backwards talk thing after a while. Like it, can you just speak right?
1: Well, as as time goes on with the Yoda character, you know, his backward talk becomes more of a thing that he does all the time. Before it was like, you know, every here and there, you know, it was almost like the uh his original language had a different syntax and order of, you know, placing things. And and yeah, it became sort of a parody of itself. Luckily he's only in one scene in this movie, so it didn't right. really get to go as haywire as it did in the prequels and in like the Clone Wars show. You know, where they where they start every <laughs> episode out with some Yoda talk. Oh, there he goes. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh! What was that? I'm
2: pouring myself some more drink. Uh,
1: that was the sound of Yoda's soul going to the Force. <laughs> <grr-> we
2: well, said he was circling the drain. Yes, he
1: was. <laughs> See, here's, there's R2 actually welding with his little. <laughs> whole... You took this apart now? <laughs> I don't know. I was bored. I thought you said you were only gonna be five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Damn it, I wish my subtitles were working because this is a part, this is a scene I want to just tear to pieces now that the uh, prequels are out. Everything he says in this part is a fucking bald faced lie if you go
1: by the the prequels. His father was seduced by the dark side of the force, that's true. Ceased to be it as Ken Skywalker and Darth Vader, that's not a matter of opinion, but. Mm -hmm. But that's you know maybe that's how it's how you roll when you're a Sith you use stop because that's why you get your new name. Luke, you're gonna find that everybody bullshits you all the time, so you might as well just start bullshitting everybody else. Anakin was a first friend when I first knew him. Yes, already a great pilot. Yes, amazed how strong the forces with him. Sure. Uh, did he take it upon himself to train him as a Jedi? No. I thought it was sort of passed on to him from Qui-Gon. Right. I don't know. Alec, he, Alec, well, you know, Alec Guinness had a little bit of pissed off inness to him in, by this part of Star Wars. By this part, I think he was like, by this stage in Star Wars, he's like, All right, I'll do an appearance. But I'm not going to like it. Right. <laughs> I didn't know there were going to be so many toys. Come on. <laughs> he's still, he still he does a good job, but, you know, there's... I don't know. Ben Kenobi is a ghost... Any character is a ghost, really, I think, really, shouldn't sit down and have an expositional conversation with you where you can ask them something. Have a conversation, you know. Right. They should show up and say, you know, beware of the dark side, and fucking watch your ass, and go here and go there, and then go maybe go, oh, and then disappear, <laughs> you know. Or say something that doesn't mean anything until the future when you figure out what, you know, give you a little omen of the of what's to come. Right. But You know, just just to, where... you will be visited by three more Jedis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the only other place I can think of where except for like, you know, the ghost movie or whatever. And every time I see that shot, I think of the the video game of... uh, That's what it should have been. It
2: should have been Luke and and the ghost of Ben Kenobi were were doing, you know, modeling clay. Like in, uh, you know, they could play that (laughs) stupid song. God, I hate that movie.
1: (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg can come in and all that. Okay, now here here we got a lot of... uh, rebels in the background. So let's 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 check out some of the different hairstyles of the rebels. They uh, they all got like they all got just like goofy towny haircuts. And here she comes. <laughs> She's important. She's got her hair done. Princess Leia's all dudeed up. She's had people working on her all day for this meeting. When when we actually see her
2: I'm thinking that Mount Mothma plays for the home team. That's that's all I got to say. Doesn't she just look just a little butch to you?
1: She does look a little butch, but she also has that sort of uh, Mount Olympus um, goddess right. look about her too. You know, that just, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe, you know, maybe it's maybe it's just the, the power that she wields. I'd like, like to act... see <laughs>
2: during this part, Admiral Ackbar just has a big old drool of spit out of his, and he's like, a... "Oh, excuse he's...
0: me." <laughs> ah,
1: no. uh, just Sorry about that. Dro- dri- it's dribbling down, and everybody's just ignoring it and trying <laughs> to be polite, and it's like soaking <laughs> into the front of his shirt. You'll notice our our graphics of our next attack are a lot better. We've got a oh, we've got a higher definition projector. <laughs> well, it's holographic we don't know more watching the death star on a wall I think right in the middle of his
2: speech that thing should have winked out and a little th- graphic comes up that says please insert another 25 cents should have come up on it
1: or just the blue screen of death or something <laughs> god damn it <laughs> reboot it does anybody have any funny stories while we're rebooting <laughs> Now this guy, look at that hair, man. Mm-hmm. He came to the meeting with Hathead. <laughs> That's totally. That was totally like us. That's totally this all the people dude, we hung out. Uh, he's
2: on. He's on the wrong set. He's actually he's from a, like Excalibur
1: or something, and they just. No, he's a he's a Phelps boy. <laughs> from. <laughs> there was another R from Chewy. That was the worst bit of Harrison Ford acting in the entire Star Wars trilogy, that little smile he made, that's like, hey. Now, look at that guy in the background. He reminds me a little bit of your Uncle Gary. (laughs) uh, uh, Did you see him over Han's shoulder? Matt painting. Yep. Still I love Matt pa- I love the look of Matt paintings. My least
2: favorite special effect of the entire trilogy is coming up here in just a second. Right there. That looks like crap.
1: And I can't believe that they didn't fix it. Well that. it looks like That's it true. looks like a it looks like a beautiful Ralph McQuarrie painting on the wall behind them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, you like this mural of the Falcon they did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man.
2: Oh, by the way, I put a bomb in the cargo bay. <laughs> I ju- I just do not. And then I, Thumpy runs into the wall, yeah. Moment between the two of them where Han's like, you son of a bitch, I thought we were friends. You betrayed me to the Empire.
1: I could have died, prick. Could you could you, could you have arranged it some other way besides me getting put in carbonite? Thank you. Nothing. But not but you know, as I've gotten older I've realized that yes, Lando really had no choice but to do that and did I agree with you. I completely agree, but I'm just saying you would be angry. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, Han Solo's matured as a character. Whatever. I'm just This movie really needed that moment and didn't get it. And it's it's
2: always bugged me. It's just always been one of those things that jumps right out, especially if you ever sit and watch them back to back. You know, it just it seems just jarring, you know, just really odd that he never calls Lando on his actions from the prior movie.
1: Or gets one punch in, and then he's like, there, now we're even. Exactly. Although he did get a punch in. I've always wondered about those screens. How the hell do you get in to actually work those those screens that face inward there? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. the weirdest bit of design. Maybe somebody gets, you know, I think pneumatically giant, lifted no, I
2: think they're giant waste
1: paper baskets. <laughs> yeah, that's what they look like. I love it. He's even got one hand up all clawed up in front of him. It's much better to clutch my cloak with. What is the story with these two creepy ass dudes? I don't know. They're like something out of a Mobius comic from Heavy Metal magazine or something. <laughs> and I love that these I love the flashing lights on them like, you know, just like it It really plays into this this whole scene of them just sort of Casually flying in, and they've got their airplane lights blinking right as if as if as if spaceships flying in space are going to be using you know the visual thing of two little blinking lights on top on the top and the bottom of the ship to to deal with them you know with all the different kinds of radar and stuff you know where they know how where they are in three dimensions, I doubt there's very much visual anything going on you know why don't they scan
2: them? Why doesn't somebody on one of those Imperial Star Destroyers scan them and go, um, uh, you know there's a Wookiee in that ship? What the hell's
1: up with that? There's a Wookiee and there's a whole bunch of, like, weapons, because aren't there a whole crew of people in there with, you know, all their battle gear ready to go? I don't know, there's a lot of people lined up in there, and they all have energy readings, like, weapons. But of course, I mean, right here you find out Vader knows what's, you know, he, he he's sort of letting it happen. Right. And I love, I, uh, they still are, like, all these Imperial guys are, are really good at showing their fear of Vader. That guy, you can see, like, in his eye blinks, and he was just like, uh, I right. hope I get this right, sir. I'm really trying to get this right, sir. I'm, and I'm having a bad day, and you're not—you're not acknowledging me. I wish that we had a. You're micromanaging. <laughs> I wish we could have
2: gotten a little more—a uh, little more time with Luke actually now as a as pretty much a full jedi you know really using and exhibiting his his jedi powers and stuff with the full rest of the cast you know we get a we get a little taste of it here you know and i know that that's you know really delved into in the eu and all that but i would have liked to have gotten more of it you know in this movie and maybe even another movie beyond this you know
1: well, I always Somebody like I always Han pictured him very... as being sort of like a Cliff Notes Jedi by this point, you know. <laughs> he didn't, you know, he didn't get the lifelong training right. and stuff. He just sort of got the like, okay, da- a damage control training that, as much as, I mean, how much training could Ben Kenobi give him? Just enough.
2: No, I don't mean. And, I don't necessarily mean that. What I mean is, you know, here you've got Han Solo, you know, a very practical everyman. Who, by his own admission, doesn't believe in that mystical hocus pocus stuff, and now his second best friend is able to, you know, use these, utilize, yeah, it. exactly, yeah. you know, and and what dynamic would they develop between the two of them, you know, because like in that scene right there, I always like that part where Luke can sense Vader probing the the ship and and probably probing his mind and sensing him. And he says, "I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come." And Han just kind of blows him off, like, you know, oh, "It's your imagination, kid." You know, but I would like to have seen that development of over time. Han, you know, having in at least in some half-assed form would have to come to the realization that, wow, there's something to this Force thing. Look what Luke can do. He can. Oh, I
1: think he already has. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he already has by this point. This is where the movie goes. Yep. Awesome.
2: This was the first scene I ever saw because this was a clip that they showed on uh,
1: at the movies. Ah. Right. Uh, yeah, I re- well, yeah, I remember seeing this clip on TV and just going, "Holy shit!" That guy was <laughs> a crash.
2: Whether Chewie shot him or not, did you ever notice that? Yeah, yeah. He was headed right at that tree stump in the ground. The to this day, I still want one of those things oh god
1: yes and the the sound design in here is just so awesome maybe some of the not the best optical printing work but still it's
2: looking kinda rough now i'm noticing that as i'm watching it
1: but in a movie theater it was it was literally a thrill ride you know this was like state of the art thrill ride
2: Well, one thing I always thought, even watching this from the very first viewing, was uh, one thing this scene really could have benefited from was uh, goggles for Luke and Leia. Because, I mean, come on, they're flying at, what, a couple hundred miles an hour whipping through the woods. And you I can see them squinting and stuff, but come on, I mean, <laughs> you know... You you've been on things where you're riding really, really oh, fast yeah. like
1: this. I mean, you can't see a thing. Your eyes are tearing up and everything. You need goggles. And you know how these space worlds are? They have all kinds of crazy bugs and stuff, you're right? So I like how these guys are just hanging out in the woods. These guys are out in the woods taking a like get have getting drunk or something like Smoke let's, break.
0: Let,
1: let's go on a reconnaissance mission.
2: it's one of the things that drove me absolutely batshit crazy about the special editions was he goes in and puts in all this other stuff, which granted the, the version of this isn't too bad because he really didn't, I felt like he actually did kind of hold himself back a bit with this particular movie and didn't put a lot of crazy, stupid shit in it. Although I know a lot of people argue Jedi rocks, but still this is a perfect example of a movie that really could have used someone going into Just it. Just a little cleaning up and around cleaning the edges. Yeah. And, and all of this stuff that jumps out and smacks me every time I watch it is still in there, even in the special edition. It's like, wow, really? Ow. Because watch. right. He knows- it's coming up here. I know it is. And it's right there. See that bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're trying to block it out with like a magic marker. That shit is still there in the special edition. Why in the hell didn't somebody go in and digitally take that out? Take a digital
1: magic marker to it. Right. And I love watching this and knowing that it's like the actors sitting next to the shrubbery that's flying by them. I love that shit. Right. Whoa. Ow.
2: I always like that shot. Yeah. Just casually lights his lightsaber. <laughs>
1: Ow. This scene this scene got that scene got a big reaction in the movie theater. Crashing crashing speeder bikes was a big people loved that shit in in, in the when I saw this the first time.
2: Now how come they didn't start like some massive forest fire that just swept across the face <laughs>
1: Endor. Well, it doesn't look too dry on Endor. It looks pretty lush and and uh, I tend to think that these the the these things don't have like liquid fuel in them. You know what I mean? That they, they have some sort of electrical thing, so it's not like a big <laughs> a big splash of gasoline like one of our things. Although they do sort of have an internal combustion sound to them, but that's just right. a lot more fun. <laughs> like,
2: I always like that part where Luke comes running out, and Han's like, "Where's Leia?" <laughs> Luke had to look
1: at him and go, "I'm fine, thanks for asking, asshole." <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happened in uh it's Sasquatch battling out of Artist Space Wars. People were go. People were going nuts for the Ewoks.
2: In I gotta be honest, I've always been kind of indifferent to Ewoks. I I neither loved them nor hated them. I just kind of accepted that they were there, you know. I I, I, I like... saw both the cuteness in them, and I also saw what everybody was like. Oh my god! About you know. So I don't know. I'm I, right. I, on you the see, fence. I
0: think
1: a lot of the oh my godness of the ewoks comes from after the movie when they had the ewok tv shows right yeah and stuff where they really went over the top with it you know and this they were presented as an indigenous race i mean but wicket's young you know he's like a kid right so that's why he's acting like i mean the adult ewoks act like you know like uh like any kind of tribal people you know they're just jabbering amongst themselves they're not doing anything especially cute it's the the younger ones that do the cute stuff if she ran into adult an adult he probably probably would have just killed her whereas wicked's like a little kid so he's like all right I'll be your friend or whatever his 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 paws and fingernails and everything are look a little too stuffed animal like but But I like the fact that, that, you know, that the defeat of the empire is partially at the, at the feet of, you know, some, uh, of a very lowly or, you know, or a non-developed society. Right. that's sort of not, not involved in, you know, I'm sure the Ewoks have no, you know, concept of the uh, empire and the rebellion and intergalactic politics and stuff. Right. See, I, I heard or read something recently that was
2: kind of taking a jab at that. But, you know, I always liked that. I That was one of those things of Lucas's that I always bought into, that it was the, you know, like you say, the 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 lowly, unsophisticated. It's nature. how in the hell did this guy sneak up on her? Exactly. In his armor. Never bought that.
1: Never, never, ever bought that. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, Ewoks are totally. Uh. Ow! Hey, cut it
0: out!
2: <laughs> he flips up through the air. I love that. Oh, good job. You just ruined our ride home.
0: Yip cha!
1: See, like, where she lifted him up there, you can see it's a suit. Right. And I think they could have... It would have been really uncomfortable for the actors in it, but, you know, they could have fit him with, like, snug-fitting heavy foam. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know... I mean, when you see, like, the fat suits they make these days to make somebody skinny look, you know, obese, they're pretty realistic. Mm -hmm. And they look like, you know, they're like filled with water or something. You know, they look like they're, they've are they got some weight and jiggle to it. I love how you just see his, you always see his clawy hand just sort of hanging out in every scene.
2: I have one of those minds that likes things to be symmetrical and orderly. And when I see things like that window, it drives me freaking bananas every time I see it. Because it's like, where where are the rest of the pieces to make this goddamn window <laughs> symmetrical? You know what I mean? That thing with the missing pieces out of it has always driven me nuts every time I watch well, this movie.
1: They're not, they're, it's, it's, like some des- it's like the imperial school of design or something. Because right. it's not missing pieces of per- it's got everything sectioned off differently, but then the way the pie pieces are sectioned off is is different. You know, mm-hmm. the one on the le- on the left side of his head is a little further down the pie than the other one. I it, it it's just the empire. You know, it was like, you know, the 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 Nazis had very functional things, but they had little elements of style to it, and that's the emperor too. You know, he's got style, man. He's got charisma. Well, have...
2: I really do not like Luke's hair in this movie, though.
1: Everybody's hair is too well done. It's a Star Wars movie. Everybody's supposed to be just like, sort of like, let it go, man. Even Chewie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did Chewy notice that a
1: little could use a little bit more matting to him
2: yeah, he looks like the uh, the cowardly lion just after they went to the, the beauty parlor sh- sequence in the Wizard of yes.
0: Oz
1: <laughs> and, and actually Chewie comes from a, a planet where he would probably know that this is a trap
2: right it's a trap! Where was Admiral
1: Ackbar in this part? Exactly. R. You take it easy, figure out a way to get out of this thing. It was nice that everybody got a little hole for their face to stick through, though. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, R2's drill has a little sparkler that goes along with it, too. <laughs> Just so you know, it's doing something. He's
2: lucky he didn't break his neck falling like that.
1: Uh-huh. See, now that guy's a badass. <laughs> he is. He he's looks the, like he's... He's the Bubba Fett of Ewoks. See,
2: there is more that than guy one looks black scared.
1: Ewok. Yeah. that That's the... the... <laughs> They're all given one expression, sort of like a Seven Dwarf, you know? Some of them look worried, some of them look doofy. That guy looks badass, So That guy looks like he'll screw you up, man.
2: I think Han should have taken that spear and shoved it straight up his ass. That's That's exactly what he should have done.
1: You know, if anybody's ever made a movie or a comic telling this story from the Ewoks' point of view, You know, we were all just minding our own business one day, and, you know, all of a sudden we saw that one of our traps was snared. And then we found these freaks. They were angels of our god. Oh, you go
2: back, yeah, exactly. You go back to this planet in a couple of thousand years, and they're, you know, on the beaches everywhere, these giant, like, you know, 3PO's staring up at the sky, waiting for the day that the gods will return (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yo, yo. <Whoa. laughs>
2: I still don't get it why the hell don't they worship Chewbacca instead of stupid C-3PO yeah,
1: all the women should be all the Ewok women should be like everybody should be like bringing their women to Chewbacca and be like <laughs> We need some warriors. Come on. Yep, there we go. (laughs) And Chewie, you know, I know Chewie wouldn't do that to Mala. And if he did, I would be there for her. What
2: happens on the moon of Endor
1: stays on the moon of Endor. I guess so. It's. If I was a Wookiee I'd be pissed because basically a Wookiee has to learn to understand every language. Right. But nobody ever you know, you never see any, you never see Han just go <laughs> <laughs> it's it's chewy, you know. It's rude. And another thing is, when you have a horn, you don't always have to go. Dur, 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 dur. You know, you'd think they'd have some other song in in a different planet, but then again, this movie is the beginning of this Tarzan yelling Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's true. I gotta say that was my most. That was the only part in the movie that really took me out of it when I was a kid, because I was like. I, that, yeah, that's a reference to the wrong, that's the wrong universe, you know? Right. Something from the wrong universe. I don't need it, don't want it. Nope, won't have it. Did you ever make a recording of this, of this in the theater? No. No. I'd love right, to yeah, hear I know. Recording I wish I that had. with audience reactions and stuff <laughs> like that. That would be great fun. I, I seriously can't wait for the day that I can listen to the recording you made at E.T. I was
0: that thinking was about that today, special. as a matter
2: of fact. I don't know why, but I was. I was actually thinking about that for some reason, and... It would be neat to take that and be able to sync it up with the movie and and have it on like an actual D V D, you know, where you could watch along with Yeah, hear it. That'd be pretty cool.
1: It'd be about impossible to sync up an audio tape. Maybe we could just do certain parts like it was nothing like that penis breath, 'cause you hear the audience just go like you can't even hear dialogue. All you hear is like mom go, Elliot yeah. but right. and it's just drowned out by like Massive kids laugh. He said, "Penis laughter."
2: <laughs> I like this part with Luke. He's he's all he's borderline creepy in some parts of this. Yes, I think.
1: he's he's a little he's he's a little he's almost a little smug about his jedi ness. Yeah, know? I know he's try he's supposed to be more measured and. In- but then again he's taken on some of the demeanor that flat he's taken on a little bit of that flat demeanor that the jedis have in ep- in the prequels. Right. When they talk and stuff where they say things. So maybe the maybe like the jedi are like in in Dune where the with the the magical women in Dune, you know, the witchy women in Dune who use You see the vocal you'll notice in this
2: part the one reaction we don't get Hans, and I really would like to have seen Hans' reaction to this. We get, you know, obviously, 3PO's reaction to it. We get a brief little bit with Leia, you know, looking all stunned and everything. We get all of the Ewoks. We don't get Hans' reaction, and that bothers me because that was the one I most wanted. You know, I mean, how can you look at that and deny that there's a power at work beyond you know the physical you know beyond
1: the evidence of your well we don't know that that han ha- you know i mean he might have changed his mind at the end of who knows he might have sometime in empire maybe he uh maybe maybe a little stint maybe a little time to think about it during carbon freezing who knows but it, yeah you're not told what he, what I mean, his character is obviously different in this than, say, Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, in Empire, he was sort of in between. So they brought him, but, you know, I mean, it really, it makes his character less interesting, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, Um, see, I I
1: don't agree with a lot of,
2: I've read a lot of criticisms about Han in this movie over the years. And I remember one of them right at the beginning, one of the initial reviews back in 83 when this was out was that the critic and I have no idea which one it was but the critic loved the movie thought it was really good his only complaint was uh, he said that Harrison Ford was wooden through the whole movie now I don't agree with that I think what it is is his character just literally after he thaws out and we get past the Jabba stuff is he really given much interesting to do and not really he he no. kind of becomes comedy relief. He he's the guy that delivers the funny one-liners and shit through most of the rest of the movie, and I think in certain aspects you can actually see it on on Harrison Ford's face that he looks a little bored. You know, he
1: didn't want to he didn't want to be there. No, by he did. He didn't. And 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 you know, I mean, but the thing is, Han is like a grown-up now. He's grown. And there's and once that character's grown there's nowhere for him to go really that's why I think he wanted to to bite the big one in this one because it's like okay he's grown up and now he's 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 dull at least give him something dramatic uh, dramatic way to 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 go out and or you know and it would have it would have I mean really the only like kind of sacrifice in besides the you know, thousands of dead Ewoks and rebels and stuff. The only like sacrifice it's made is is Vader. Spoiler, right? Who you know turns to to be good or whatever. But that don't mean shit to anybody else. But Luke, everybody else is like, yeah, I know your father turned good at the end, but you know, fuck him. He tortured me. You know, <laughs> well, or my father. That would be Leia. Uh, you know, Leia's deal with the whole thing you know I, I know you and dad got along towards the end but don't don't forget that uh, you know he was sticking that needle into my uh, into my eye earlier on in the, <laughs> in the whole saga so I, I might not be so quick to forgive you know what I mean so it's sort of a private moment for Luke whereas if Han Solo had died there would have been a cost to all that you know to to all to, to their victory Besides all the thousands of the dead. I like this,
2: this part here a lot. Because um, Luke it's, Luke is kind of weird. He's kind of strange. And like I see, he's, he's borderline creepy here. The only thing that... I won't say it doesn't work for me, because it does work for me. But it's always driven me a little bit crazy. Is that all of the sudden... And I don't know how it happened or where it happened. But all of the sudden... Leia seems a hell of a lot older than Luke to me in this. Cocaine's park. a hell of a drug. Yeah, my that's friend. what I'm saying. Is you know her voice is so much huskier. She's. Cigarettes. She's, she just looks more gaunt and older, and so it, selling this scene that all of a sudden you know they, they're they're twins. It's a bit of a stretch only because you can fiz- you can look at them and you can see that. Wow, she looks. She just looks a lot older than he does. You know what I mean?
1: She can't take the stress of being head of the rebellion as much. It's, it, it takes more out of her, and the cocaine.
2: I think the whole phenomenon had taken a lot out of all of them by this mm-hmm. point. I really do. In in some ways, you know, with you know now almost thirty years, you know, to reflect back on it and and looking at it now. In a way, I am kind of glad that there weren't more beyond this because
1: I, I kind no, of no, they wouldn't have been into what it. It would have been like, but at the time, I was really like, man, they probably couldn't have lured any of these guys into it after Jedi. I'm, I'm betting, I, I you know, I mean, the thing about the the thing about these guys is you gotta if. If you're going to have them grow old in the Star Wars saga, you just got to keep filming stuff like the Harry Potter movies. So it's like you got to see their face on screen every year, you know, so their aging doesn't look right. That's sort of what Star Trek did, you know. I mean, now if you watch Star Trek one and then you watch Star Trek six, you see, yep, (laughs) you can see many. You can just see them age incredibly. But if if you watch them all in a row, it's a little more organic. It's just like watching. It's funny. I just saw somebody that I hadn't seen in ten years, and they're like, "Wow, you look a lot older." And I'm like, "Really? That's not what everybody else said." And I'm like, "Well, I guess most people haven't seen me, <laughs> right? Haven't had a decade in between viewings, you know?" So they've seen the evolution. Yep. Oh, I, I, I scraggle all over my face too, so the gray's starting to show in the scraggle, so that that helps a lot with that. I can I can hide it a bit by being clean shaven and Missy. Yeah, what was that? What was that all about?
2: <laughs> and Missy the other day, she was looking at me and saw my my temple. I look
1: at this as like I, I look at this as going Han was like, were you guys smoking over here? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a reeks over here. Why didn't you tell me? I used to smuggle that shit. Look at it. It's all going right down on the Ewok village. You think it's going to... What if it goes in some kid's bedroom? (laughs) Jesus, I give up. (laughs) You're grounded. Did you hear that noise down in the woods? (laughs) That (laughs) Oh, That's just some swamp (laughs) gas escaping. Top gases. Don't worry about it. It's a space deer during mating season. (laughs) <laughs> I like how he's sort of like there, there <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: I love this scene yes it's just so quiet, it's the middle of the night first E.T. came down and now Darth Vader and the walker coming in, I like that they brought the walkers back that's a little bit uh a matte-painted painted
1: look in there, but I'll forgive it. It's okay. It reminds me of the Clone Wars.
0: Yeah. A little bit. Yeah.
2: As clunky as that last scene was, and I like it, even with its clunkiness and all, this scene is one of the ones that makes yeah. the movie for me. I love this. I just realized that's a camera hanging above the door right there, isn't it? Like a security camera type of thing. Did you see that?
1: No, I didn't notice it. Right, right there over it. that oh, there stormtrooper.
2: I never really noticed that before, but that's sure as hell what it looks like. Then
0: and bring his to me. Yes, I
2: like this part. Expecting... Now, see, yeah. I wonder, is this really out in the woods somewhere, or is this a set? Because it has that
1: that weird... Kind of outside middle of the night lighting to it
2: yeah but at the same no i was actually going to say that it looks it looks built to me it has that that feel like a like a recreation like a set but it's hard to tell but i just look at that and it reminds me of something like the wizard of oz or something you know where they're they're supposed to be outside but it's a set and i always love movies that do stuff like that because it it takes on a a Theatric.
1: realistic feel, you know, a theatrical yeah. sort of feel to it. Yeah. Well, this this movie, like the, um, a lot of the the scene with Luke and Leia back there, the composition of it is very like classical American cinema, you know. Right. Movies from an earlier time period, you know, the 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 great, you know, uh, you know, studio pictures of where they had a whole you know, for their epics they had a way of framing things and there's a lot of this in, in, in this movie. they for especially for the serious scenes. Right. It's funny for all the goofiness in the this movie, the serious scenes are just incredibly awesome. Mm-hmm. Something they didn't capture as much in the prequels as as right. as in as especially in this one. This you know I and I and I love the fact that you know you think you know well when Luke finally de- defeats Darth Vader and it is in a lightsaber battle so to speak but it would be you know meeting in com- combat instead of just sort of meeting and talking you know Yeah exactly Luke 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 give it, giving himself to to Darth Vader basically saying, I like okay.
2: I I've always really really liked Oh yeah cuz
1: it is just the two of them talking and it's
2: not even what I really like the best about it is even Vader's tone of voice changes, you know, where he's just speaking to Luke. And I think in, in another movie or, or handled, you know, by by other writers or in a different medium or something, even that same scene, even if they weren't fighting, would still be, you know... Well, I'll get you Luke Skywalker. No, exactly. you won't, Mr. bad guy, you know, I will defeat you. You know you can't possibly win, and it would be all superhero
1: bluster and shit. And that none of that was in that was no, a father father and son, yeah. you know. It was just like, "Okay, so so you've come to terms with me being your father?" Yep, I have. Yeah, I love Does not change anything though? Yep. I, I that
2: is one of my favorite scenes of the whole trilogy, it honestly is. Because it's just a dialogue between the two of them, with no no bluster. What's he saying? He says, there's a secret
1: But it's also, when when you think about it, it's the first time in decades that, that, well, I guess when you go into EU, Vader's hunted down and killed a bunch of other Jedis. Huh. But it's the first time for him interacting with a Jedi like he used to. Like he used to with Obi-Wan, right. you know? Where where there's where he's having a talk with him that's something other than you know the only reason he's having that talk is because it's his son, and I like that too because as Anakin Skywalker, he's kind of arrogant and he wouldn't want to kill his own son, you know. It's right. Sort of an extension of himself, and it's also his last touchstone to Padme. Yeah, his last touchstone to Padme. And his last chance at redemption of any kind, you know, is through Luke. Right. So Now,
2: granted the the outward design of the Mon Calamari ships is very, very different from anything else we see in the Rebel fleet, but don't you think that the interiors should be different much- too because you would you would expect that their visual acuity would be completely different? From the Homo sapiens because of, you know, one I figured thing, they'd their eyes fill their ships on ship. the
1: side of their freaking heads, you know? I figured they'd fill their ships with water. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: or have a tank of water over their heads or something. Because as we find out in the Clone Wars, they do swim, they live underwater. That was one thing I liked in, uh...
2: Damn, where did I read that? It was either something I read or something that was on a show. I mean, it might have been on, on um star trek enterprise i think where there were yeah that's what it was it was a an an enterprise they form an alliance with all these other alien races and one of them were basically like like humanoid whale type of creatures that that flew ships and stuff so the insides of their
1: ships were filled with water filled with water i thought that was cool why we fill ours full of air so yeah exactly Now we're going to see where probably like 70% of the money of this movie was spent in the next <laughs> 20 minutes or so.
2: I remember people not liking this scene, but I always kind of got a kick out of it. Although the ship was flying all cockeyed there a second ago. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's coming straight at you, yet the angle it was shown was where it should be like zipping up to the like right-hand side of the screen. Hi hey. <laughs> You got Green Arrow waiting for him there. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, anybody home? I'm just going to plant these bombs.
1: It's really funny. For some reason, a lot of rebels look Norwegian, like the green narrow there yeah you just mentioned they all have that sort of Lars like their name would be Lars that's cool I like how well, Luke's, that... Luke's eyes play all around the room before that... he
2: finds the emperor
1: you always say that whenever we watch this movie since we were little kids (laughs) you've always been just like I love that scene where he walks in and and looks all around you know and checks everything out gods leave us bring me a lozenge (laughs) bring me my skin cream (laughs)
2: <laughs> Sit up straight! Don't you know that's bad for your posture, you old bastard? Yeah. How did he do that? God, <laughs> I don't know why that line cracks me up, but <laughs> it does every time. Luke's got a great look on his face. Like, so you're the
1: freaking emperor, huh? Whoop-de fucking do! <laughs> uh, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> Don't talk to him like that.
2: That's Fires. the look Vader. Vader had that look on his face. Just he just had that look. Like don't yeah. don't be disrespectful. That's my
1: boss. <laughs> what are you trying to get me fired? <laughs> Jesus. Come on, kid. Don't fuck this up for me. I- <laughs> a Jedi's weapon, but it's also a Sith's weapon too. I notice and. In- that most siths have lightsabers,
0: right? Ah,
1: the Emperor's always good for a good laugh. I think that was actually the first, uh... first laugh we get from the Emperor. What happened there? Yeah, 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 You dipped out there for a minute. It's okay, the Emperor laughed and then he said, you're <laughs> Are we still in sync I hope? I imagine as you're still playing. Yeah. I think the sky says, I think the sky thing is went. proceeding as I have foresee. <laughs> <Take away. laughs>
2: walking into a trap.
1: Awesome. Awesome scenery chewing. It took me a little while to grow into like loving the Emperor, but actually the prequels made me truly love the Emperor. Yeah,
2: me too. I never liked him until then, honestly, because one of the things that has always, always jumped out and hit me in this, and I don't think we've seen it yet, but it's going to come up in a little while is that weird glowy thing with his eye, where they magic marker out like one side of his cowl. And it just drives me crazy. I can see it plain as day every time. And it just Uh drives me nuts. Now, is that not the fleet on the screen right there? Did you notice that? Oh, I don't know. I did not notice I that. I see that every time I watch this, it shows the planet, and then it shows these like little dots getting closer and closer to the planet. And I've always assumed that those are... What? I always assumed that those were the Rebel Fleet ships moving in. So that, to me, if that is what they are, should have clue Leia in right away that, wait a minute, this is a trap because they're monitoring our ships approaching the planet. Yeah, they're
1: watching us, yeah. Just money, money, money. Mm -hmm. Lots of people employed doing optical printing work here. Now, do you know what the hell the sneaker is in this? Because I've still never seen it. I've never seen the sneaker in, in, in this.
2: Makes me crazy. One thing I do see in this, and I wish I'd never seen it because now I can't watch the movie and not see it, it's, and they pointed it out themselves, too. I know
1: where you're going with this. When
2: when the battle first starts and the Falcon is flying away from the Death Star and the ties fly right through the Falcon, God damn it, I can't see that and not unsee it. Every it's, time I watch this movie, that scene drives me nuts. And again, not fixed for the special edition. No, no. Seriously? No. I mean, you've got... It would be so simple. ...other ships and they didn't fix it. It's a trap. Uh.
1: <laughs> right. There you go and 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 that's, you know, and that was like at that point in time that was like I think the the highest number of optically printed yep. chips yep. ever put on a screen at the same time you At any time. Yep. You're absolutely right. And I mean in those pre-computer days you know, you had to have a little reel of film for every single goddamn TIE fighter that was flying. Yep. And then one by one just print them is. onto see the it?
2: film. See it? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Right there. See it?
1: Yeah, yeah. That It reminds me of Wizard of
2: Oz crazy. and stuff where... Because it literally is where... See, he had some glowy thing that they were using to make his eyes glow like that, or... or Something was superimposed or something. I I can't remember. I've I've read about how they did the effect, but now I forget. But because it bled over into the edges of his cowl, then they literally went back over the film and magic-markered out the areas where it bled over the cowl. And that's why it looks like that. It looks like shit. And it's like, again... Why didn't they fix something like that in the special edition? It really drives me crazy.
1: Because it's not something the the normal view they they want to put something obvious in there that the you know that someone like us aren't, aren't going to pick up, you know. <laughs> Did you
2: see tor telvis the uh imperial officer standing <laughs> on the, that was funny. Love the scout walkers in this. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to know what Chewie said right there.
1: Shut the fuck up!
2: <laughs> Go get a gun! Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> that does crack me up every time I like that part you know something I didn't realize until fairly recently is the music that's on the album for this as heard in the movie it's arranged completely differently the cues are are interchanged all over the place it's really kind of weird it was
1: like it was written one way but then used another in the actual uh huh they might have they might have cut it up and remixed it and stuff to They might have they what happened is he might have scored it to a different cut <laughs> and they they changed it towards the end By this time the theater was going berserk oh, yeah. because they were just like yes <laughs> Everybody's going to start fighting now and I love it—just things going on everywhere. Speeder bikes flying the in one green direction. I think screen
2: actually uh, the it benefits by this being in a forest environment. In a forest. So this is some of the better special effects of the mil- the movie right here, with the composite shots and stuff because it blends very nicely for for the most part. That thing with the the Ewok glider right there was a little rough looking.
1: Yeah, well, it's got a lot of little fiddly like ropes and things ah. hanging off it, too, the more detail you have to... See, I don't hate the Ewoks, but I not,
2: I have no problem seeing them get squished and mushed and blown up, either. That's a good effect right there.
1: Well, they gotta get squ. I mean, Jesus, there's gotta be some ca- some- some casualties. See that's the thing though. In episode one, why was Lucas skittish about killing so many people that he had androids? When in Jedi, he kills off a bunch of Ewoks, right. the, the the cutest creatures so far, and 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 we have to assume that hundreds, if not thousands, of them die in this uh, in the next few minutes here in this little uh, insurgency. Uh, R2 actually said bleep bloop there. (laughs) Yeah, this is no time for heroics. Not in a Star Wars movie. (laughs) And we'll also be seeing a cavalcade of toys. (laughs) Yeah, I think if they had made the Ewok movies and the Ewok comic books and stuff like that, uh, that they wouldn't be viewed as being as cutesy as they are now you know right they weren't a a funny animal comic at one time you know right for for little little kitty kittyfies. every time i see this it's just to the video game rogue rogue squadron i was so happy that i could actually do all of this and actually sometimes the special effects are even a little better I always love that shot with the of the falcon going under the medical frigate like that. It makes you wonder
2: how they can I mean it it makes the battles look like there's not any actual rhyme or reason. They're just kind of flying around taking things out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why it always drove me crazy when I would read a lot of the Star Wars novels, especially like the Timothy Zahn ones that would spend 5,000 pages explaining every intricate little military maneuver they were doing in some massive space battle, and I was like, that's not Star Wars. Because in Star Wars, as you can plainly see in this movie... The shit hits a the fan. Yeah, they're just flying around blowing shit up. Okay, that's an enemy fighter craft. Zip all over the place until you can finally get a beat on it and blow it up. You're not hearing them spout... All kinds of weird orders and stuff, like they would do in Star Trek. You know, turn the ship, you know, to port, and you know, set up a flanking maneuver and all that shit. You know, they just they fly around and blow things up. I like it
1: no, better they're, that they're, way. They do stuff like warn each other that you know they're coming in point three five or right, something yeah. like that. You know, they'll give you a little heads up or whatever. Now, when I was when I remember playing Rogue Squadron, you did have to do little maneuvers like that. You had to like at some point rally all your ships around the medical frigate to keep it from getting destroyed. And, right. And you could signal them to go off and fight TIE fighters, or you could signal them to sort of come into formation and stuff like that. You know. I mean, you could argue, I guess, that, you know, they just don't show all that stuff because it's, you know...
2: Because it's boring and it slows boring. the story down. But for some reason... A lot of the novelists don't seem to get that, that uh-huh. you know?
1: Well, there's some people who love military strat- strategy, love that so it might be some the of head. the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: Poor R2. Yeah, always. Almost every every movie, he in C3 3PO. Only just... thing that happens to 3PO is he gets his eye pulled out in this movie, but... This thing, but... Well,
2: then why the hell didn't you do that from the
1: get-go? Exactly. Yeah, he could have had it done by now. Oh, well. I love the shot from inside the, the yeah. walker, the scout walker. It's the saddest scene in Star Wars. Poor rock. Come on, buddy. Buddy. Hey buddy. But Pete, get up. (laughs) Pete, get get up, Alfred's here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I'm never ever gonna be able to see that scene quite
1: the same way again. Yeah, he was just—he was just drunk.
2: he, what did he say? hanging out of his nose? <laughs> oh, the- we have a symbiotic
0: relationship. <laughs>
1: and you know say all the bad things about the prequels you want it really does add the the prequels do add to this when i watch these scenes with the emperor and luke and right they don't uh, they definitely don't add to every aspect of these movies but th- this part of it definitely like you know especially after you've seen three movies of the emperor at work and how he you know how he how he turns a Jedi into a Sith and and you get to see you know you get to see this working and you get to see a little more clearly you know Vader's thought process of like well wait a second if he turns Luke what happens to me because there can you know we didn't know any of the mythos that there can only be one you know that's why Luke or Vader was like you know together we could Right. Defeat the Emperor, you know, because one, somebody's got to die in that whole transaction.
2: Well, I, w- I would like to know what Vader's thought process was during this entire sequence where the Emperor was tempting Luke, because you would think it would have to be in the back of Vader's head that, uh, uh wait a minute, what happens to me?
1: You know. I think I think up until he saw Luke as a Jedi. As soon as he knew about Luke, I think he was... I, I'll bet you he was literally entertaining the idea of, like, you know, maybe it would be best for me to get rid of the Emperor and get, you know, and Luke could be my Padawan, you know? Right. And, we'll and I, you know, I don't think that was uh, a, uh, you know, just something he said to try to lure Luke into the dark side. I think maybe he was really thinking that because eventually... What would happen is the Emperor would eventually replace him. He's seen it happen, you know. He was instrumental in it with Dooku. So he knew at some point, somebody's got to go. It's going to be me or the Emperor or the other Padawan. But by the time there'd be another Padawan, you know, or or not a Padawan, but another Sith, you know, it would be too late for Vader, you know. So yeah, so I think I think up until he actually met Luke there and you can see him sort of thinking about it a little bit. But yeah, I don't think he really like really turns until that very second when he has to decide, you know. Right? He's just sort of he's just sort of sort of like he was doing in episode 3 is just sort of letting going with the flow and letting it seeing where the where it was going to go before before making the decision and this time actually making the correct decision. This, the scene of the uh, Scout Walker getting, getting <laughs> blown up by the two, thing, that was a huge crowd pleaser. That scene always reminds me of uh, RoboCop. <laughs> I don't got it. Well,
2: shit. Watch, he's going to grab her boob.
1: (laughs) Is your boob okay?
0: (laughs) Hey, hey,
1: you hit him.
2: I always like the look on his face. Here, it's like, oh yeah. boy.
0: Arrrr!
1: <laughs> Do we ever see Le- Leia with like a bandage or her arm in a sling? Yeah, he's
2: bandaging her up after the Death Star gets to uh, gets blown up. He's tending to her while she's going. Because uh... remember, they look up in the sky and, and Hans right. says, uh, I'm sure Luke wasn't on that thing when it blew. And she's like, you oh, know, yeah, I know I can feel it. And I think he's tending to her arm during that scene, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, um, not to go back in time, but uh, um, I know another scene that both of you and I used to f- fucking love as kids was where Vader gets kicked back yeah. over there and and sort of uses his I, I i love it because it's one of those rare things where you see a lightsaber as a solid object he uses it to actually stop him and propel him you know you'd think his lightsaber would go down into the ground you know
2: right yeah he's he right probably doing a step. little
1: force levitation here but well, it's funny
2: that was uh, several times i saw this movie i didn't notice that he actually used his saber that way i thought he was just you know like a bat like doing a backflip it wasn't yeah. until later that i realized he was actually no he was using his lightsaber to like steady himself
1: yeah he did like almost a reverse pole vault like a backwards pole vault yeah <laughs> Now that, I, uh, now that I'm now that i watching this, it's taking me back to the Lego Star Wars. This part of Lego <laughs> Star Wars is a bitch. And he does. He'll whip his lightsaber at you there, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah I never understood
2: why that takes that entire structure out. It doesn't look like it hits enough of it and cuts enough of it to make the entire thing collapse the way it does.
1: It was a load-bearing beam,
2: <laughs> I guess.
1: That's a cool shot. Yeah, this these this these battles really hold up well. Over over oh, time. The so. space yeah. battle the space battles for the most part are really I love how they keep all the different layers of Star Destroyers you know, moving it in different dimensions and stuff so you know, the ship will be moving and you'll be looking out the view screen of it, but you'll see things moving on their own out in space. There's just a great feeling of volume and dimension. Throw me another charge. I like how he's just sort of like, oh, I'll put a charge here. Oh, this looks like this is a good place for a stick up. <laughs> and I wonder what gets done in this area it's such a gloomy, dark poorly lit area, you know, how much work gets done, do you think during the day it's all lit up like a cubicle office and there's people in there like pushing buttons on the on those screens the no,
2: this is under the stairs
1: yeah, under the stairs in a spaceship they have under the stairs areas, no look, but there are like little panels with buttons and things going on
2: Even in a spaceship, you gotta have, like, somewhere to store the vacuum cleaner and stuff like that.
1: Uh, It's a mess down here. There's cigarette butts on the floor, and I think I see rodent droppings.
2: See, it was you that pointed out to me that half of Luke's face is in light, half of it is in dark, showing the battle going on within, and I always felt like such a dope that I never noticed
1: that before. It's because I was reading stupid film books even as a kid, you know. Never!
2: Now, I have never, ever bought the story that Lucas tells about not having this scene fully scripted when they went to shoot and trying to figure out what it was that Vader said that made Luke go all apeshit. It's like, how can you get that far into production to you're actually on filming day and don't know what the character's motivations
1: are? You would think so, right? Especially, but now knowing what you know about George Lucas, maybe. I love that scream.
2: And I like... Uh vader essentially begging for mercy right there yeah i'm surprised with all this talk of you know this scene having new dialogue dubbed into it i'm kind of surprised that if he was going to dub things in he didn't dub anything right there but i always like that Uh, you know at least that's how i interpret that that scene of you know vader laying there one hand now missing and the other one held up i always took that as a sign of he's literally asking I give him don't up. kill me you know i surrender but yeah he doesn't yeah, say anything
1: unfold. i like that uncle <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically you
0: failed, your I, am a Jedi.
1: I love it he's just sitting sitting there with wa- the the emperor just sits there and waits he's yep. just like That- that face, that face is awesome, that just like, hmm. (laughs) Yep. Now we're gonna blow things up real good. For all the nitpicks of the special effects that don't work, The thing about it is, when this movie came out, the special effects that did work were so unprecedented. Oh, yeah. At the time. They were sort of the natural, you know, Star Wars had that natural progression where you sort of expect it to beat itself. Just chewing the scenery. Yep. I love his hands. I love that they're sort of almost like paralyzed Yeah, all gnarly. Gloves. They're just like, he just holds them just like flat, just like, yeah. I love it. It's this awesome... You know, I mean a lot of stuff that I took as overacting when I was younger. I now I relish it like Shatner I used to I used to like, you know, I used to get a kick out of Shatner's Acting but now I actually I relish it like a fine wine and the same with Ian McKellen here is a You know, he's making the best of every little scowl, every little tick and and lip smack. And I like how Vader's helmet is now, like, dull and, yeah. and beat up. You know, it's not, it's almost as if he'd always taken pride in his helmet always being shiny and reflective, and now it's, like, as if, I don't, I don't know why his helmet would be like that. It was if there was some residue from... See, I much prefer this to what they did with the Blu-ray with the whole no-no thing. Right. I like that he just does it. You know, he just does it.
2: Well, I, th- I don't think you needed it. You know, I mean, it doesn't bother me that it's thrown in there. It doesn't ruin it for me or anything. But at the same rate, I agree that you didn't need it because you can see the struggle going on yeah and i think exactly. that that's really a a testament to the director that you could take you know an inanimate object you know vader's helmet and convey that kind of emotion you can see the battle the turmoil going on within him that you know there's that one look he gives the emperor that that i've always interpreted very much as him looking over and saying okay that's enough you know yeah. And when the Emperor doesn't stop, that's when Vader grabs him. And I like that. I mean, a completely inanimate object delivering a performance like that. It's it's amazing, and I really like it. So, yeah, like I say, the the no thing doesn't, you know, I mean, some people just went
1: completely freaking bonkers over that. You know, it's like, well, because I, I, I can see it because I think it does take away from it because it takes away from the subtlety you know it makes it it less elegant you know it spells it it doesn't have to when it spells it out too much yeah I know when it spells it out well here's where this was also a great point in the movie because this is where like the force theme comes back you know where the heroic Star Wars you know dogfight music is, is coming in very much like the end of episode four. There's a and lot of don't... this
2: part, though, that I don't like. For one thing, I was never crazy about them reusing a lot of footage from Star Wars during this part. I realize a lot of yeah. it's supposed to be an homage, but at the same rate, that's a very Star Trek trick because they had to save and scrimp pennies wherever they could. This is Star Wars, man. Well, you know? every,
1: yeah, every second you're looking at the screen right here is like just money being burned, and, and it's like, all right, well, let's not spend this money for this two-second shot, you know?
2: All right, you can't tell me on a ship the size of a continent that there's not an auxiliary bridge somewhere. I never bought that just because that John Graw-looking dude goes, ah, and runs into the main bridge that that ship is going to spiral out of control and crash into the Death Star.
1: That's stupid. And here, uh, I'm realizing something. This is very much like episode two, where all of a sudden, that was like, I believe right there was the first handheld camera we've seen in Star Wars. Could be. Where he and Vader are struggling there and they sort of go down and the camera follows them down to the ground, you know? Not Star Wars, the camera even isn't usually even on. It's usually static shots, and uh, and even this shot right here is handheld. If you notice the, you see you'll see the yeah, the camera moving to to catch, um, the actors and stuff. Not something you. It was like at the end of episode two, where all of a sudden there's like a few handheld shots and some zooms, you know? Humpty Dumpty? I, and I also liked this. I also liked that when Vader's head was off, it was very disappointing. You know, it wasn't like a badass's. Although he just does not look like Mannequin Skywalker.
2: No, he looks like Humpty Dumpty
1: yeah but but i like that i like that no i didn't i have never liked that
2: if they if they were going to change something in the special edition and and put hayden christensen in somewhere i wish they'd done it right there I really do. I know that, that we're probably going to get tough. emails and and stuff on the forum with people going, "Are you out of your mind?" But no, I That would be tough. <laughs> I completely b- really feel that they should because this this dude just never sold it for me. I mean,
1: well, I like I I like it. I like that I I I like the fact that like there's just a lot of a lot of things, you know, it was like this that is your badass right there. He's just some, he's some fucked up guy, you know, who has had a lot of power. But you know, at the in the end, he's just Humpty Dumpty head. He's he's a, <laughs> he's your fucked up dad, you know.
2: How did Luke know how to take that helmet all apart? I know. This part I do like. The what now?
1: Wait, the what now? I love how this thing just lists and then.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Better get the hell out. whew that was just in time
1: Uh that was a very that was a very actually at the end of the Ben's death in TIE fighter attack part with Harrison Ford going Phew. That this the scene the, this the scene of the smoke just ahead of the Millennium Falcon never really quite worked for me yeah perfectly
2: I gotta be honest. I still think somebody should have died in this movie. I, I think one of the yeah. heroes needed to die. You know, we we discussed this. You know, we discussed this with our friends, and it's going to come up in a future episode of Return of the Jedi Month. But I I understand, and in a lot of ways, I completely agree with every point that our friends made. But I still maintain that the movie ends a little too. Up be a little too disney-ish which was a common that was a a phrase that was thrown around a lot during the reviews of this movie i can remember in 83 when it came out was that it was it had a very disney movie ending to it and you know while i realize that people are using that in kind of a derogatory way like it's a bad thing i i agree with it but not as a derogatory thing. It's it's they're right. You know, it, it's, a it's me, well,
1: it's a measure it's a, of the, it's a measure of the success of it because right. it's like you say, when you get, when something like this gets so huge and so influential, George Lucas and like Spielberg did it. And D- Disney by definition has to do it. They have to think they start going, well, there's a lot of kids that watch this, right? You know? Right. What are we telling the kids who watch it? You know, if Han Solo dies, they're going to be crushed, but you know what? Yeah, they're going to be crushed, but people die in stories all the time. People that's die part in of... real life, you know? Well, right, right, and that's what stories sort of, like, can help you know and and i argue that kids can handle it you know i mean sure i mean if you look they've already had handled death in their fairy tales right
2: you know years
1: and years before they're gonna watch star star wars you know if you look at some of
2: the earliest disney movies a lot of those villains met their fate in very gruesome fashion some of the heroes had terrible things happen to them so i think you know that they can handle it and i i you know without sounding like, you know, like I have some sort of personal grudge against the the movie or against the characters, I think I think Return of the Jedi, the way it ends could stand to be taken down a peg. And the way you do that is you have the rebels win, but they take at least a bloody nose. And you know, they take yeah, that in the Yeah, no, there has to Lando, be a price or, paid. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the reasons why Star Wars, the original Star Wars works so damn well is that yes, at the end of the day, the battle is won, the Death Star's destroyed, the rebels are saved, they have their big ceremony, but they lost Ben
1: Kenobi. You know? Ben and that's Kenobi a big had to deal. He had to go on his last mission and sacrifice himself to get that one done. Right. You know, and he basically and yeah, and he waited around on tattooing and and hey, look, he's He's wearing your T-shirt, Scott. (laughs) You know, I think... Possibly that might
2: owe in a little bit to why... When you've got essentially the same movie with Star Wars... And then later with The Phantom Menace... Why one works so well and one really doesn't... Is they don't take that bloody nose in The Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? Because I was thinking about this a while ago
1: and thinking... What do you mean, Qui, Qui- Gon isn't a bloody nose in Phantom Menace? Well,
2: he is, but he was not—he wasn't necessarily a likable or
1: charismatic character. Oh, I, you see, that's the thing is, I like Qui Gon. I thought he was—I thought he was interesting. He was, uh, but you know, I mean, they got a wooden actor to play him, but they, he was a character who ke- he kept his cards close. You know, he kept his cards close and to his chest, and never really like would fully reveal what he was doing until it was would all come together and that's the end yeah
2: you know i just realized here we are at the end of the movie and i i broke my my own cardinal rule i set for myself Uh, which was not to talk about the friggin prequels while we were doing this and we talked a lot about it while we were doing this so i apologize to anybody who is driven crazy by that sort of thing but
1: i don't because it's all star wars and there's it's uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna say you gotta you gotta acknowledge that they exist and and you know for better or for worse. Yeah, but I mean they didn't exist they...
2: 1983 when this came out, and that's kind of the way I wanted to approach this. But I don't want to, you know, I mean I I had a good time, and I think we we delivered a pretty solid commentary. So I don't want to, you know, act, you know, sound like I I didn't think we did that, but I, it just occurred to me that. And toward the end, there there was an awful lot of prequel talk, which was something I was yeah, I was yeah. trying myself to keep away yeah. from. But
1: oh, I didn't know. Yeah, you no, no, told no, me. it
2: wasn't your fault. I'm just saying I I let myself kind of get get sucked into it as well.
1: Well, I'm fascinated by I'm fascinated by the 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 things that the prequel did. You know the 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 things that the prequel did that either add resonance or change. Right. the the feeling, the dynamic of stuff, you know, for the better, for worse. And I think for the most part that, A, the original trilogy exists, it'll always exist, whatever, a, a prequel cr- trilogy, it, even if it was the worst thing in the entire world, which some people think it is, will never destroy this. Right. But th- there were definitely, I remember... I remember watching, like from episode one, I'm like, oh my God, by the time we reach episode three, you know, by the way he sort of seems to be laying it out, it's going to, you're going to have a different point of, you know, point of view on everything in the, and I think that's, that's why parents, it's so important that you actually probably show your kids the Star Wars movies starting with four Oh, absolutely. Because give give them that, and then it's I I think it's better just for Star Wars in general if you use the prequels as something that just adds to the original trilogy. And so, if you show them the original trilogy, and then the world blows up, they're good. You know, if they, you know, if they what whatever happens, they say they're in the afterlife or on a UFO flying away from Earth and. They say, well <laughs> you know, you never got to see episode one, two, and three. They could say, That's okay, I'm happy. You know, I got to see four, five, and six. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what I'm saying? What are they in the heavens don't know what I'm or saying. something? Is that what... or in the he- well, I'm just trying to cover all my bases, you know. Whatever, you know, you or you know, or I guess it wouldn't really work out as much in reincarnation because in you could reincarnate and have terrible parents that show you episode one first. Although I would love to see that scientific exp—I, you know, it's something you can never know, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to s- see like if you were an eight year old kid and started with episode one and, and went through episode six, if it would have the same resonance by the time you're at the point we are now with the credits rolling with Return of the Jedi,
2: I see plenty of kids that love their Star Wars, and uh, I get the impression that they're a hell of a lot more familiar with the prequel stuff than they are with the later stuff. I know it's That's that way true. with my kids, you know. I mean, they enjoy all of Star Wars, you know, all all the movies and the incarnations and everything, but I know that they're much more fond of that's their star wars it's their exactly that's what i was going to say it's their, that's their star wars but thankfully thank god that they don't look at the original stuff and roll their eyes and go oh my god like
1: people sometimes do with, with the original tracks or something yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you know or they go i'm not going to watch that old corny shit and i was kind of afraid of that too but it just doesn't you know it just It's aging, really. It's literally, it's not going to age. There's no way this can age. There's nothing to go. That's why I love these movies that are set in a different universe where they have no touchstone with ours. So you never look at it and go, oh, geez, would you look at that 80s shirt that that Lando's wearing, you know? Right. No, his shirt will be space pimping forever, even if he is wearing Han Solo's shirt. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that Two True Freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and follow our link To Amazon.com when you do that if you buy something over at Amazon we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing
2: did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite two true freaks affiliated shows That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled
1: L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at
2: forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us, and your fellow listeners you can find two true freaks on facebook just search for two true freaks Dumbass. <laughs> and hey you can friend me scott gardner on facebook too my name is spelled s-c-o-t-t g-a-r-d-n-e-r you can friend me on facebook too if you can find me now available two true freaks t-shirts see our
1: website for details Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by DeManzo
0: Core of Milan, Italy and by the letters F and U.